welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Welcome, podcast listeners. Welcome to this week's episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. I'm Kathleen Hallisey and joined by my colleague, Hannah Hodgson. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Kathleen. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks for joining me today to uh, talk about this important subject. We're going to be talking about a recent headline involving a sex offender who has changed their name by deed pool. This is a topic that we have spoken about before. So this is just a follow on to a previous episode where we did discuss that issue. Um, I will give a trigger warning here to anyone listening. As I've mentioned, we are talking about a sex offender and we will be talking about sexual assault and sexual abuse. So if those are not things that are going to be good for you to be listening to today or hearing about, now's the time to, to switch off and, as my mom would say, go do something nice for yourself. So for everyone else who is able to to stay with us and listen welcome and thanks for joining us yeah so thanks Kathleen so um as you've mentioned we have seen this article which really follows on from the previous podcast we did about prisoners being able to change their name by depot whilst in prison so this article has come about from a victim called Kerry Lee Calvin No, she was sexually abused by her father as a child for many years. He was put into prison in 2016 for 15 years. His name was Clive Bundy. However, he is now due for parole. And she has discovered that he has actually, sorry, well, he's he's now a she. He has changed his gender whilst in prison and also changed his name. So... That's really what we wanted to talk about. We thought, you know, we've touched on it previously on the podcast and we thought it would be a good one to speak about. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, this obviously has the added component of of him changing his gender identity as well or adopting a new gender identity. But it does also speak to the issue around sex offenders being allowed to change their name by deed pool and that there doesn't really be appear to be a way legally that they can be kept track of via their changed name. So I think this article raises so many issues in terms of that legal loophole of changing your name via deed poll if you're a sex offender. But also, I know, Hannah, when you and I were speaking about this previously, the fact that he had a sentence of 16 years, 15 or 16 years, I apologize. And it appears that he served less than half of that which is to me very concerning, particularly given that the abuse went on for clearly a long period of time and was only discovered by virtue of the fact that he had taken images and or videos, it's unclear from the article, of his daughter when he was abusing her and was treating them with other pedophiles online. It seems really shocking to me that he would only serve half of, of that sentence for those types of crimes. Yeah, and again, it's unclear why, um, from this article, why he is being released early. The victim actually comments and and says in the article that, you know, she thinks him changing his gender, changing his identity has sort of helped towards that. Obviously, we don't we don't know. But one thing that is mentioned is that obviously, you know, due to him changing his gender and being in a, a male's prison, um, they have had to keep him segregated. You know, as now a woman, they've had to keep him separate from from the men. That was something we were just talking about and really 
just thinking about how problematic that must be for prisons to deal with as well. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you know, speaks to some recent cases, which are also referenced in the article. And I think ones that we've we have talked about before of Adam Graham, who was convicted of sexual assaults and then changed gender and name to Isla Bryson. I should say he was changed gender and name whilst trying while waiting to stand trial for those sexual assaults. Um, and there was a question over whether he would be housed in either a male or a, a female prison. That case was in, in Scotland. And then in 2018, there was a convicted rapist who had changed their gender identity to female um, and then was moved to a female prison and sexually assaulted two female inmates. So, you know, this is something that that is happening and is an issue clearly for prisons in terms of how they deal with these prisoners. But specifically for this victim and survivor of quite horrific abuse by her dad is the risk that he now or she now poses to that victim and uh, and other potential victims. I mean, as she makes the point in the article that if he were to contact one of her nieces, say online or or a family member under the new name of Claire Fox, that nobody would know who that was. They wouldn't know that that was in fact him who was contacting them. Yeah. And I think that was really shocking to read. I mean, you know, if they hadn't have told her, she wouldn't have even known. And she mentions that she has lots of young nieces and family members and not to mention other people unrelated to her who are also a danger. That was quite surprising for me to read. And yeah, just really how this is allowed to happen. You know, what we've, what we've spoken about before, just how easy it seems for them to be able to change their name. I know on, on the article, it did mention that they don't even necessarily have to disclose, disclose, sorry, previous details about themselves. It does just seem really, really shocking that this is going on. It hasn't really caused any need for change. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things in terms of a need for change is I think there needs to be some clarity around when this information needs to be disclosed to to a victim. So what the the victim here says is that she was told by her victim liaison officer that he had changed his gender identity and his name. And that the only reason that the victim liaison officer was able to tell her that is because her father had had given his permission for that to happen. There was a response from probation service saying that it would be up to a probation officer to make a decision about whether that information needs to be shared and it's it's up to their discretion. And to me, that, that that's just yet another loophole where there, there shouldn't be that discretion that's not trying to cause any offense to, to anybody who works in the probation service or, or a probation officer, just that there should be no discretion that if an offender changes their name or their gender identity, that information should absolutely be shared with the victim. And the victim's rights, I think, need to be something that's held in higher regard than necessarily the convicted pedophile's rights, which again, you know, just speaks to, we have the victim's code as, as you know, we've talked about before, which is great and we're certainly proponents of, but it, it doesn't really have any teeth in the sense that if there's no liability on anybody for failing to comply with the victim's code, um, it really just becomes a kind of guide for best practice rather than anything beyond that. So I think we're, we're again, in a place and it's highlighting that as a society, I don't think that we're taking the experience of victims and the rights of victims as seriously as we are of, of those who are convicted of crimes. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's just so many different aspects to it. It's terrifying for for victims and also an injustice, really, which we touched on before, how, you know, they're able to escape from their identity when the victims can't. It's just not fair really at all, is it? No, absolutely. I think that's a really good point that, you know, they can kind of change their their gender identity, change their name and, and move on from the horrific crimes that they've committed. But it's really a life sentence for the victim and survivor for the abuse and the trauma that that's caused to them. So I think, you know, this is just, again, another area that needs to be looked at. But unfortunately, we're still in a place where um, we don't have mandatory reporting laws in this country. So it's sadly, cynically, I suppose, not a, a giant surprise that we have all these other loopholes to deal with in terms of protecting people from sexual abuse. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I'm, I'm really glad we spoke about this today. I think it's really important that you know, awareness of this is is raised and spoken about more to try and get change. Yeah, absolutely. And and on that note, I would just say that, um, you know, if this is something that you, you do care about and you're concerned about, please write to your, your local MP to raise it as an issue so that it's, you know, on the radar of, of MPs. I know this victim and survivor has written to her local MP, but the more of us that do that, the more likely is that this will be put before Parliament and, and we'll, we'll see a change in the law, I hope. Yeah. I agree, Kathleen. Thanks, Hannah, for um, joining me for this podcast today. Podcast listeners, I hope you enjoyed hearing about this interesting and unbelievable case. And if you have any ideas for other podcasts or things you'd like to hear us talk about, please do get in touch. Or if there's any comments or questions you have about this in one in particular, please also get in touch. And in sum, we thank you for listening. Thanks, Kathleen. Thanks, listeners. Thanks, Hannah. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk.